Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Diary of a Life Coach. I am your host, Caitlin Potts, and in today's episode, I'll be sharing 10 potent tips for you to start and enhance your own spiritual and personal development journey, giving you tools, recommendations, and inspirations to set you on your path. I won't just be rattling off a list like number one, do yoga, number two, meditate daily, three, journal. We'll be diving into the psychology behind why these practices will benefit you to show the value behind each one and encourage your commitment. I am so freaking excited to dive in because the ideas and inspiration for this episode have just been continuously pouring out of me to share with you. Usually there is a catalyst for a person's spiritual awakening or massive life shift where they have the power and determination for a huge change. This could be a traumatic event, a heart-wrenching breakup, feeling lost in life and hopeless about your direction, hitting rock bottom, or even just a moment, epiphany, or ping where you think, enough is enough, I'm not settling for this anymore, which is exactly what I felt. And if you're listening to this episode now, then it sounds like you are pretty ready for a change. We are currently in the age of Aquarius, which is derived from the belief that between now and the year 2050, Earth will experience a new age where human consciousness will evolve into a higher understanding of truth and reality. There is a reason that spirituality, manifestation, positive affirmations are all a fad right now, and they have been becoming increasingly so. It's because the world is waking up and seeking more. A lot of people, particularly older generations and those who consume their parents' conditioned beliefs, may see these trends as a fad phase or just woo-woo, but it's much more beneficial to shift your mind to instead thinking, it's freaking awesome that so many people are becoming self-aware and wanting to better themselves. That full moon circle would actually be really cool to attend. Become open-minded to the possibility of anything. Now, I'm about to give you a whole bunch of actionable tips and you can pick and choose which resonates with you most. You don't have to do them all. Just pick the ones that ignite a little spark within you that makes you think, that sounds fun or, yep, that feels right to me. If it feels like a chore, something you have to do, then don't force it. You want it to flow. You want it to be fun, enjoyable, something that you look forward to each morning or during your lunch break at work or the end of your day as you're winding down. My very first tip is to write out a list of gratitude and good things every single day. Block out just 15 minutes in your evening, title your page with today's date and let it flow. Gratitude lists are incredibly impactful and I also like to add a good things that happened so you can take the time to reflect on your day and soak up the good. You can write I am grateful for as well as dot points of fun, happy, positive things that happened or made you smile. For example, One morning I saw a man on the way to work holding a huge sign saying be happy with a huge grin on his face, waving at everyone in the city with so much warmth. I probably would have forgotten that brief moment of happiness it gave me if I didn't reflect on it later. A warm reminder to be kind to everyone and how much a smile can light someone up. You're going to be surprised at how much good actually does happen in your day that you didn't realize until you started this practice. And psychologically, the more you train your mind to notice the positive, more positive things will appear. Set a reminder for this practice, put it in your diary or calendar, set an alarm every evening, use a reminders app in your phone set with a daily occurrence at 7pm. Make it happen. Your next tip is to read books. If you tell yourself the story, I don't read, books aren't for me or I can't concentrate, then you need to get out of your own way. There are so many forms of consuming books that you can't have an excuse. Physical copies, audible, books on an iPad or Kindle. 
Even libraries offer digital apps and memberships to download them for free onto your phone. How many words do you think you're reading each day from Instagram captions, stories, reels, and Facebook groups? Easily hundreds, if not thousands. That's a few pages of a book, if not chapters, every day. You have direct access to the minds of the most influential people in the world. Wouldn't you want to use that to your advantage? I have an extensive list of book recommendations on my blog, which you can find in the show notes. But if you're just starting out, then I recommend Mastering Your Mean Girl by Melissa Ambrosini, which is an awesome introduction to ego. I encourage you to explore ego further in the book, The Power of Now. Happy for No Reason, which is the first book I started with. Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty is also an awesome book that covers so many topics and is easy to read. And The Universe Has Your Back, which is very action-orientated book. You can't not make a shift in your life when you read that one. Tip number three is to journal. This one's powerful. I must say, there is a reason every psychologist I saw when I was younger recommends to journal. I just wasn't really told why. If I had the time and space every single day, I would allow myself to write out at least a page every morning or evening. You have around 60,000 thoughts per day, and 98% of these are the same thoughts you had the day before. Just take a moment to think about that. Something you thought about today, ask yourself, did you think about that yesterday too? When you journal, you're physically releasing your thoughts onto paper, and your brain can see it's in a safe place, so it no longer needs to keep it in a loop inside your head. How powerful is that? You are creating so much space for new, productive, inspirational ideas and thoughts to come through instead of the same old record player. Pen to paper is the most powerful and I highly recommend having a special high quality journal that feels valuable to you. Oh God, I don't know how to say this word. My favorite (laughs) is the leech term 1917. (laughs) I'm going to link this in the notes. It's an A5 notebook and there's a dotted version which is perfect to mind map and be creative as well. If you're time poor like I frequently am since having Bob, then just type it up on your computer. I personally use a Google Sheets document to journal that I just keep adding to, but you can use your notes app, Notion or even diary specific apps. I'll be releasing an online course, spoiler, with a whole module on journaling, but here are three prompts for you to get started. One, Keep it simple and start off with writing out what you did that week, that day, experiences, learnings, what you achieved, something that was significant you heard on a podcast or an Instagram post that really resonated with you. And then you just let your words and thoughts continue to flow from there. Journaling tip two is to list every emotion you are feeling right now. Just splat them out onto the page. I love doing this. You might start at a basic emotion such as anger or frustration But keep feeling into what's underneath that, which might be guilt, resentment, shame, etc. You will find if you continue to stem down, it usually comes from a certain experience. Journaling tip three is to write out any inspirational ideas, pings, desires that you feel within you right now. I love journaling because you can look back on where you were at a year ago and see how far you've come or the opposite end and see that it's been an entire year since you had that business idea and now's the time to bring it to life. Tip number four is affirmations. Touching back on how we have 60,000 thoughts per day, 80% of these are negative. 80%. It's biologically wired in us for instinctual survival, 
to look for the negative in situations. But we aren't living in caveman times anymore where you have to be cautious that a saber tooth is going to come for your ass. We have the power to rewire our neural pathways to literally mold our brains into choosing positive thoughts. And it starts with the power of affirmations. You can choose what you want your mind to believe. So let's start feeding it with the good stuff. An awesome tip is to say your positive affirmation both as you're drifting off to sleep and the moment you wake up while your brain is still in theta state. When in theta, your mind is less likely to know the difference between what's real and what's not, which makes your affirmations way more impactful. You can find affirmations in books by Gabrielle Bernstein, Louise Hay, and Abrian Hicks. They are packed full of them. You can also find them on the Diary of a Life Coach Instagram page and Pinterest. Whilst on the topic of falling asleep and waking up, tip number five is to utilize airplane mode on your phone. From 6pm every evening, I would have my wind down time, which meant putting my phone on airplane mode, no, not even do not disturb, lighting a candle, putting calm music on, and you're welcome to explore my Zen playlist on Spotify, which I'll link in the notes for you, and just going deeply inward. This could look like journaling, reading, pleasure, writing a gratitude list, to be magnetic work, doing a meditation or breath work, connecting with your lover, housemate or friend. It's so powerful to switch the world off and just be so present within your own life. And when it's still on airplane mode when you wake up, you have time to start the day with a quiet mind to ask yourself, what do I feel like doing? Whether that be conscious movement of yoga, a sunrise walk, dip in the ocean or cooking up a warm nourishing breakfast. Give your soul space to speak. The next tip is visualization, which is usually in the form of a vision board. Visualization is exceptionally powerful for two reasons. One, because of the work and intention it takes to create it, sitting down and becoming clear on what it is you actually want from life. The universe will give you whatever it is you desire, but you need to know what that is. Two, it keeps your goals, intentions, aspirations, and desires front of mind. If you're falling asleep looking directly at what it is you desire on a board next to your bed, or you're seeing your dream home and life on your home screen every time you unlock your phone, you'll be more driven to take action toward making it a reality. Things you can have on your vision board are images of what it is you desire, such as speaking in front of a room of people, being a guest on a podcast, having chickens and living off the land, starting a meditation group, becoming a parent, being in a deeply loving and expansive relationship, having a promotion at work or creating your own business. I also encourage you to utilize words as well as imagery, such as abundance, expansive, healer, alignment, authenticity, or any other words that resonate for you. You can also write your favorite quote or affirmation to truly make it feel like your own. If you have a certain dollar amount you want to achieve by a certain amount of time, or even an amount of Instagram followers you want to have, put that on there too. It can be a very encouraging reminder to see 30k in the center of your home screen when you mindlessly pick up your phone just out of habit for a scroll. This is something I recommend you check in and redo every six months, creating a new board, as you may have achieved those goals or they may have shifted. Canva is an amazing platform for you to create a vision board with aesthetic templates already made for you, whether it be a desktop wallpaper or iPhone background, as well as photos and graphics for you to design your dream life. I've popped a referral link to Canva in the show notes. Tip seven is learning to become present and self-aware. Consciously remind yourself throughout the day, is this filling my cup or is this making me better? Or personally, I'll also ask, is this making me money? As I'm in a chapter of building financial freedom for myself. If you love watching Netflix or learning something new on TikTok, awesome. That's your downtime and it may fill your cup, 
but maybe check in and ask yourself if it does feel good and to bring yourself back into the present moment. It's insane how you can delete the Instagram app on your phone to remove the distractions, yet you will automatically and unconsciously still unlock your phone and go to tap on the app without even meaning to. You've likely wasted hours upon hours on there watching other people create and share their own life while your own is dwindling away. You could set an alarm or reminder on your phone three times a day, for example, asking, is this making me better or is this filling my cup until it becomes second nature? Meditation is tip number eight, one of the most deeply powerful and influential things you can do for your mind and soul. Meditation healed my depression when I was younger. A six minute long guided meditation on forgiveness allowed me to release a person who had physically and emotionally hurt me, which immediately healed me. Most people's reactions and response to meditation is that they can't do it, they can't switch their mind off, and it's just too hard. But meditation is a practice. If you pick up a book after not reading since school, you're not going to be able to breeze through it straight away. You'll read a page and then realize, shit, I wasn't actually paying attention, and have to go back and read the whole page again because your mind wandered off. The more you read, the more you work at it, the better you will train your mind to pay attention to the pages in front of you. I recommend starting off with guided meditations as you become comfortable with sitting still and just being, observing your thoughts but not being attached to them, seeing your thoughts as if they're clouds in the sky floating by. Eventually the sky will clear and there will be peace. With guided meditations, you have a voice to create a picture in your mind, guide you toward a peaceful setting, reminding you to breathe deeply. You can use apps like Calm, find free guided meditations on YouTube, or purchase them from spiritual leaders such as Gabriel Bernstein and Rebecca Campbell. For your solo meditations, just sitting quietly with yourself, I recommend trying small amounts at first, such as five minutes, then increasing it incrementally as you're able to sit with yourself for longer, observe your thoughts, and create clarity to listen to your higher self. An app I love for this is Beatfulness, which I've also linked in the show notes, and it has different meditation type sounds with healing frequencies, or you can also search healing frequency on YouTube. Sensory deprivation tanks or float tanks are also incredible for an immersive meditation experience. Your next tip is to find expanders. This is a term you'll learn about in the To Be Magnetic course, and essentially an expander is a person who has is or does what it is that you want. For example, if you have a desire to be a travel influencer, you would follow travel influencers' accounts, particularly their personal ones, to show your mind that it's possible for you to have that too. Expanders are particularly powerful when they've come from a similar background as you, such as starting from the bottom, having a similar career path, both having a passion for graphic design, etc. Melissa Ambrosini is an expander for me because she also started with a blog, then created guided meditations, a podcast, became a speaker and author. And then I also found out she did the exact same life coaching course that I did. So I'm sure to follow her Instagram stories and posts, listen to her podcast episodes, read her new blog posts, as it's showing my subconscious that it's possible for me to do as well. Another expander I have is Georgie from the Rise and Conquer podcast, because she's also a new mum who had a difficult time during motherhood. She was also a life coach, and she's created a personal brand like me to positively impact the lives of others. Expanders can come in any form. They can be big expanders who have almost your exact dream life that you desire, or they may just have pieces of it, such as a relationship, job, home, lifestyle, friend group, location, or baby. Another expander I used to have is Sienna Elise on Instagram, and I'll link all of these personal expanders in the show notes in case anyone resonates for you too. 
Siana has 1.3 million followers with a significant influence, is a yoga practitioner, takes stunning photos, which I would also love to do, hosts retreats around the world, has a YouTube channel, wears clothing and jewelry that feels like my style and is very vibrant and bubbly. I watch her story every time she pops up, have her account added to favorites so her content shows in my feed more often, and I watch her life update videos. I also love Hitomi, who is a beautiful spiritual being living in Hawaii and sharing her spiritual journey and experience on YouTube. Lacey Phillips is also one for me who's the creator of To Be Magnetic because she started off with a blog too, then built a massive platform because she uncovered her superpower and ran with it. Your expanders don't even have to be big. If you want to be a fashion influencer and get paid to take pretty photos and videos, then go and follow your inspirational people who are doing that. Think of what it is you desire in this world, then find the people who already have it and pay close attention to their life. This is an excellent shift for me to go from jealousy to expansiveness. Generally, if you feel jealous or resentful about someone, it's because they have something you want. Use that to your power and shift your mentality to instead see them as an expander and an example of, if they can do it, so can I. And tip number 10 is to be selfish. I'm not talking in a nasty, careless, ignorant way because I know just the word selfish triggers a lot of people, but I'm telling you to unapologetically choose you and see it in a positive light. The next time you're asked to do something or go somewhere, ask yourself, is this what I want to do? And just briefly check in with your body. If saying yes makes you feel expansive and excited, then go for it. But if it makes you feel small and constricted, you know that you're only doing it to make someone else happy or for another's benefit that isn't of the highest good, then maybe choose you instead and just say no. This is your permission to stop the people pleasing. This is your permission to take your life into your own hands. Will going out to dinner with your friends on Friday night make you feel depleted after you've had a soul-sucking hard, soul-sucking, a soul-sucking hard week at work? Say no and take the time to fill your cup instead. Your people, who are meant to be your people, will understand and even honor and respect that that's what you need right now. And you know what? It gives them permission to say no too, and you the grace to completely understand when they need to say no. It will have a positive flow-on effect. Sometimes I'll call my friend and need to vent or talk about a heavy topic, and she can say to me, I love you, but I don't have the capacity to hold space for you right now, because she may be going through her own immense experiences. And holy fuck, I respect that because there's times where I can't hold space for her either. It's safe to say no. It is safe to hold boundaries and honor yourself and your needs. So that brings us up to the end of this episode. I hope to have ignited some spark within you, some inspiration, or even just taught you something new, whether that be psychology fact or way of looking at life. Now go write your gratitude and good things list. Love you.